Mike! 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 Come what? on the window! What? What? Here! 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 Take, take, take the back! Take the back! Okay. Take the back! Hey. I got no. you on a blade to Mohegan Sun. Okay. Five. I want a five-way parlay. I want the Bonnie's minus five and a half against Towson. Oshunyi over seven and a half rebounds. Lofton over two and a half three-pointers made. I want the Bonnie's to win the opening tip. Wait, oh, Howie, Howie, hold on, hold on. And I also, okay. I also, Wait, uh, Bonnie, hold on, hold on. But Vasquez, my the Bonnie's aren't playing at Mohegan Sun. Wait, they're, they're on the COVID first game. Pause. They're nine a.m. They're on COVID pause. They're what? not playing. They're not going to Bubbleville. The Bonnies will not be in Bubbleville. You gotta be shitting. There's no Bonnies at Mohegan Sun. No Bonnies at Mohegan Sun. No Bonnies at Mohegan Sun, Howie. Well, good thing I'm in this window because I'm jumping out. SBR Unfurled and Friends, episode 15. <laughs> Welcome everybody to SB Unfurled and Friends, episode 15. Lil Bonna X here with SB Unfurled. I was hoping to do a preseason perfect preview and having everybody here just to like get us ready for the Towson game, the Stephen F. Austin game, the Army game, and the Vermont game. But none of those four games are happening, as we all know. So, I mean... I don't know how to start it. Go ahead. Hi, and Hey, I had, uh, <laughs> it's, it, it, I mean, there's no other way to put it. It just sucks. We had kind of our whole Thanksgiving planned out, but, um, going forward, we just have to remember not to make plans around any college basketball this year, because unfortunately this probably won't be the last time that this happens. Um, so four games from our non-league schedule already wiped out, uh, and you know we now we have to wait until December third just to just to probably get back to practicing. It was it was insane how the news came out because I was messaging you on Thursday about hey what should we do this weekend for the 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 pre the preseason final pod mm-hmm. we had some different plans in the works and within five minutes after like I sent you something and then within five minutes I see on Twitter that dreaded three. I remember at 3 p.m. at Thursday, Bonnie's yeah. Athletics tweets. It's the article. It's the it's the press release. Like I was, I honestly wish they had. Um, you know how when the NFL like has a positive COVID test on one of the teams, and they have the one like stock photo of like the team's helmet. Right. Yeah. yeah I wish we yeah. had like the stock photo of like a basketball with a Bonnie's logo yeah. on it. Like, like yeah, oh, and you, just you know, know it's bad news when you see the one the the single helmet, the single stock photo of a helmet. But they yep. they actually use an aerial of the uh, the school, which shout out to them for uh, showing off the beauty of our campus. But it was it was exactly at three o'clock. It, it was exactly and, uh, three p.m. No, I yeah. yeah three o'clock blues by BB King. I was playing, um, <laughs> and I was looking at yeah because you were messaging me, and it 
I read, I, I hadn't seen it yet. So I just saw you, I, it said that you had like shared a tweet with me and all you said was, oh no. And just from those two words, I immediately knew yeah. what was happening, especially with the cases going up so much. Um, we had like 24 cases in one day at Bana's right. and then there's 48 for the week. And I was just, I was like, man, this is, this is not good. No, it's true. I mean, I, when I saw that Bonas had 24 cases last Monday, I knew that it, it was a matter of time. And, like, you can't really blame anybody on the team or anybody associated with the team because we don't even know if it was a player, mm-hmm. if it was a manager, if it was a coach. Because it's, it's yeah. called Tier 1 Connections, I think is the term. It's like Tier 1 Connections to the team. So it yeah, doesn't necessarily need to be a player. Um, we hope whoever has it, A, is going to be okay and B nobody else has it. Um, right. But it's, this is not going to be a solitary thing just for the Bonnies. I mean, first off, we're the third team in the a 10 to have this issue. Sienna, Canisius and Niagara have also had this issue where they've all had to stop their programs. Yeah. There's no telling that we, we could have this happen to us again. God forbid. I, I mean, I hope it doesn't, but like, just because one person has it once doesn't mean up oh, up oh, we we used our COVID card like it could happen again. That's the thing. This happening right now. I mean, it's not like oh we got it out of the way and now we can have our season. No, I mean this doesn't mean that in February there's any less of a chance that this happens again to us. And then of course every single team that we play also has to be healthy. So um, you know, eighteen conference games. It looks like we're going to try to play four out of conference. That would be. SUNY Amherst, uh, Akron, Hofstra, and then one other team. So at most we played 22, but I, I mean, the way this is going and I have like this whole spreadsheet of every team that's currently on pause for COVID there's like 40 over 40 teams, 46 teams right now that are, that are on pause. And that's before they even start testing three times a, a week, which, which will begin tomorrow, I believe. And I forgot if I said it to you on Monday, but I was like, this week's going to be a bloodbath for college basketball. Yeah. I, I knew it. I knew it was going to happen. And I didn't know it was going to be us specifically, but I was like, this is going to be a bad week. It's it's not going to mm-hmm. work out well. And I, I don't think Thanksgiving week is going to be any better. I think teams are going to just, there's going to be more positive yeah. tests. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if two more, at least two more A-10 teams uh, have to cancel their games this upcoming week. Yeah, I mean, we'll see that the whole 14-day quarantine from the positive test is tough. Uh, I know the CDC recommends, I think, 10 days from symptoms of the first positive test. The NCAA is doing their own protocols or guidelines, which is 14 days. Um, it's going to be so, so difficult to put a season together with, with that two-week quarantine period. I mean, uh, we're already seeing w- without any games being played how how big of a domino effect this is having. So I wonder at what point they're going to decide to uh, try to push things back into May Madness because I know Rick Pitino has been pushing for that. And uh, when I saw him say we should have May Madness, I thought of the um, the Onion article that was like heartbreaking. Worst person in the world makes a great point. I'm like, uh, yeah. oh man, <laughs> he made a great point. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't. I personally don't see how they can do a full legitimate college basketball season at this point and have March madness in March. Yeah. And we talked about, I think last week or two weeks ago, how we were, or at least I was kind of disappointed in the a 10 schedule. It wasn't very proactive. It didn't seem to take any of this stuff into account. It just looked like any other year's schedule. Um, There were no 
uh, it didn't seem like there was any foresight to trying to limit travel, um, playing two games in Philly or two games in the DC area or, um, you know, Rhode Island and Massachusetts or whatever, uh, Richmond and VCU. It didn't seem like there was any of that. So, uh, in the chance for makeup games is also pretty limited. Um, so moving back the season instead of, you know, maybe even moving it up originally to late October or early November, uh, it just seems to give you a smaller window to make up games. Um, so I, I mean, we'll be lucky, honestly, if we play 14, 15 games this season, I think. I got to agree with you just cause I don't, I don't see many reasons right this moment to be optimistic. Um, maybe things will change nationally that will make that the case, but, um, I know with another kind of change that has happened, um, I can't find the tweet, but there was some St. Louis beat reporter who said that the Billikens-Bonnies game was going to be on December 5th, but it got moved, obviously, because we're going to be you know, in quarantine until Thursday, December 3rd, theoretically, is when it's right. supposed to be the end of the 14-day period. So we wouldn't play two days later. And that following week is final, so I'm guessing we're not going to be playing. I feel like we're going to have to wait until December 15th to open with Akron, right? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, we'll see when we play Hofstra and who the other team we we are going to get on the schedule. I don't know if it'll be just like a Canisius or, um, I mean, even Binghamton is in. Uh, it's going to have to be a New York State pod. team, I'm guessing. Yeah, it's going to have I mean, to be Binghamton. Binghamton is also a pause. Cornell's season is already canceled. Uh, <laughs> and then after that, I mean, Syracuse isn't going to want to play us because, you know, they don't want to lose out of conference. I, it's 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 tough. Um, we were supposed I to play know. Colgate. I'm actually kind of surprised that died out considering we want to yeah. stay within the state. Yeah, maybe you play, you know, you play SUNY Amherst twice or you got to you just have to get creative. I don't know. I'm sure the uh the staff is trying everything possible to to figure this out day by day we we don't have a schedule out yet but um maybe that'll come out this week and we'll see who that fourth opponent is i i do not envy the staff's position in trying to schedule this thing because we see in college football like clemson and oklahoma are playing on like a specific day in 2036 meanwhile college basketball is like hey who wants to play on thursday yeah like and, and that's going to be the whole case this entire non-conference season i personally think they should have just scrapped all non-conference games and just play you know only conference games yeah in hindsight you wonder if you know the the whole bubbleville setup is you don't even schedule games if they would have just invited a bunch of teams and whichever teams are able to make it then you figure out the schedule you know um instead of scheduling specific teams and having one team's entire uh pod get get uh go on covid pause no, you're right, but I, I hate being such a downer on all of what's going on this season, but let's 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 relive some of the past yeah. with our next friend. Running through the six with my woes. Count money, you know how it goes. Pray to real live forever, man. Pray to fakes get exposed. I want that Ferrari, then I swear. We would like to welcome our newest friend here to SB Unfurled and Friends. He was the 2011 Golden Glove winner of Spring Weekend, also a physics graduate, and he also did play 
a few games for the St. Bonaventure men's basketball team. Andrew Nicholson. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us, Drew. No problem. Thanks. <laughs> I totally forgot about the spring week. <laughs> <laughs> well, Unfurl told me about it. Um, Unfurl, I'm going to let you take it away from here. This guy was – he was the gold glove first baseman of the 2011 championship, Bonaholic Broskis. Uh, you yeah. could not, no matter how bad of a throw you had to first base, you could not <laughs> overthrow this guy with his seven four. Uh, I remember him just, just drilling just a piss rocket off of uh, a pitcher's knee. I think he was on like the rugby team. You probably don't remember. Yeah. You, I mean, <laughs> that's probably why they started just playing kickball because I, I didn't you play baseball in high school? That's why. I mean, you were mashing. I did actually. I played since I was uh, about six years old. You know, in t-ball, then rookie ball, then you know, fast pitch, and then I actually ended my baseball career towards the middle of high school, maybe about like grade. Yeah, I think it was like grade ten or eleven. So that's when I really started to pick up basketball. Thank God, because you know my my baseball skills, like you know, my strikes don't start to to grow a lot <laughs> as well as I was. So I was. Yeah. Just, it was like playing golf for me, you know. They throw it on my ankles. I just <laughs> remember those like drunk freshman girls lobbing, lobbing uh, softballs to you, and I was like, "Someone's going to die on this field." Yeah, someone's gonna. Yeah, someone. <laughs> <laughs> you, gotta, uh, you gotta put a little. You gotta put a little fire on it, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's so, interesting though, because like once you were, because you graduated in 2012, and we were both in school around 2012. Like in 2013 is when they switched over to kickball. So, I guess Drew was partially responsible (laughs) for the switch from kickball or from softball to kickball. Yeah, our team was dangerous. I'll definitely take the blame for that one, 100%. (laughs) No, it's not just your fault. (laughs) Yeah. When you were uh, – we've heard the stories about, like, when you were in high school, didn't you – I mean, you didn't have too many offers coming out of high school because you, like – did you fall down the stairs and sprain your ankle or something and you couldn't – really participate in some of the tournaments yeah yeah i was supposed to go to an aau tournament in vegas actually but um when i was uh getting ready i literally was running downstairs i think there was something on the stairwell i just sprained my ankles i couldn't i couldn't go anywhere i couldn't do anything so i was just stuck at home and uh that summer i was just honestly i was just chilling but um you know i didn't really get a lot of a lot of exposure but then the year after i know a lot of teams were um, well, not like high major. The only high major team that was actually interested in me was St. John's, but they came up and they said, you know, we don't know if he's physically able to play in the NCAA. He doesn't run well and he's a little too skinny. And then, you know, three years later, I hit a game winner on him. So that, that felt good. Um, I had Bonaventure come up. Uh, Buffalo came up. There was a lot of more so mid-majors. You know, I didn't really have a lot of um, exposure. So, then yeah. you saw the uh, the physics or the science department at Bonas, and you, uh, other than basketball, your mind was made up, huh? Yeah, because honestly, I didn't, I wasn't like, my plan wasn't to go pro coming in. My plan was, you know, go to college, get a free education. You know, I wanted to be um, a, a doctor at some point, like go to med school. So I, I started, I started chemistry. I was really interested in chemistry. I was like, oh, they got a new science building. You know, the school's three hours away from home. You know, they have a, they had a good reputable program in the past. I'm like, you know, might as well. Let's, let's go. Let's do it. So are there any good memories from De La Roche? Cause De La Roche is a really nice building. 
De La Rocha is a nice building, actually. Yeah. Um, the, the, I do have some some memories from there. I remember we were doing a. Uh, I'm trying to remember what experiment it was. I don't know. It, well, first off, you know, my hands are massive. So the lab gloves that I had were extremely small. And I had a compound I was mixing. It had sulfur contained in it. So I actually dropped it. It spilled on my hand because, you know, I couldn't really hold it as well. And then my hand just stunk. So I went to practice with this like stench on me. I'm like, damn, <laughs> this is really what I want to do. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, I mean, it, it was good memories. We had a, I, I had good times there. Yeah. Um, as far as like on the basketball court, obviously, you know, the, the championship against Xavier would stand out to any of us, but like other than that game, would, are there any moments or games that stood out to you? Uh, Downing the brown and white. Hey, Xavier, what happened in 2012? I don't remember what happened. Oh yeah, Xavier. Yeah, we destroyed them. <laughs> oh really? I don't. I don't think I yeah. watched that game. <laughs> you didn't watch that one? <laughs> no, just kidding. I was front I was, row of the. I was. I was front row on the bar, boardwalk hall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was dead. I was dead tired because you know we had back to back to back games. So I remember that. I was like, yo, this is the last one. Let's just beat the hell out of them and then and, and let's go. And that's exactly what we did. You know, another game that stood out to me when I, I think I scored 44 points in 60 minutes. I played the whole game. I was surprised at that too. I was like, damn, I'm literally out here playing the whole game. It was against Ohio U. Yeah. And I just remember the overtime just kept coming and coming and coming. I was like, damn, is this game going to be over with? Like, let's just beat these guys already. But, you know, we managed to pull it out in the end. And, um, yeah, St. Joe's was – you know, that was a fun game. Your last um, the game, game in the Riley there. Center, right? Yeah, yeah, that was great. The game I love that against, game in particular uh, because it was – yeah. we were all on spring break, even though it was February because Bond is this early spring break for some reason. Um, yeah. But instead of, like, students rushing the court, there were, like, eight- and ten-year-olds rushing the court. So <laughs> yeah, how yeah, different yeah. was that to have, like, a storming of the court by, like – I don't know, like only in middle school or something. <laughs> yeah, this just shows like you I mean the the fans they were they were huge for us, you know. They like especially during spring break, you know, for them to come there and you know stay there and then rush us, it was amazing. Good memory, good last game in the Riley Center. I mean, people have said that that game was just so loud, even with everybody away or all the students. Oh yeah. Anyways. Oh yeah, one of the loudest actually. <laughs> yeah, I remember that game. I remember um, also you uh, – I think you had the blood jersey on number 20 and you went for 20 points, 20 rebounds against Duquesne. For some reason, that one stands oh, out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that one too because they were so undersized. The tallest guy was like 6'5". I was like, really? Like, damn, I was literally just getting rebounds just like on my tippy toes like a lot of the times but you know that was a good that was a good game <laughs> I do want I do want to know like what's one player where you saw their team coming up on the schedule and you were just like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna take this guy's lunch money like you just knew you were gonna dominate this guy is, is there a guy that comes to mind uh, I, honestly there was a there was a lot of them like my senior year I I had I had the mentality that I was gonna literally beat everyone up like in yeah. every in every game. So uh, if I were to have one in particular, I'm trying to think. Uh, let me let me rewind back. Let me rewind back. Yeah, the guys from Duquesne because they were so small. 
Yeah. I forgot his name. He was like he was like six foot six foot forward. He would always guard me. I'm like, man, this is like this is gonna be fun. Like I'm like four, three, four inches taller than him. I'm just gonna just just do my thing and then you know get the dub. I thought you were gonna say Kenny Freeze. <laughs> oh, Kenny. <laughs> well, Kenny in the finals, yeah. Yeah, because I know he was he was dragging that game, man. I and I saw that. I'm like, man, you are tired. I'm, like, I'm gonna take advantage of this. Like, you are really tired because you know a big guy that size. I don't think I don't think he could. He was able to handle you know the back to back to back games. I remember my agent at that time told me like, hey, like you really got to take care of yourself because you know college, you guys aren't used to the the quick turnaround like that. So and you're probably yeah. gonna play heavy. So I was just taking care of myself really. Yeah, opposite end of the spectrum though. Who's a guy that you I don't want to say struggled against but who who always gave you that good good challenge in uh, in college honestly and I and I've told him this actually too before so when I was a freshman I don't know if you guys remember the guy from St. Joe's Ahmad Nivens yeah player of the year right yeah that guy I I mean like I was a freshman at that time I get it he's a senior but you know watching him play and playing against them you know 20 and 10 guy big strong I was like holy shit, like, this is going to be really hard. And, and, and he kind of, like, set the benchmark for me. And I, and I told him this personally. And I, listen, I like, appreciate, like, what you did because you set the benchmark. After the first game we played against him, he destroyed me. You know, I was freaking – I was frail. I was young. And I was like, man, this is what I got to do to get, you know, player of the year because I'm playing against the player of the year. And so I just – after that time, you know, my sophomore, junior, and senior year – I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta set the benchmark. I gotta be as good as or better than him to become successful. And every mm-hmm. time, I would always, you know, do that. Yeah. So you were able to parlay all the success at Bonas into being the highest-paid uh, physics major from Bonas after graduation into the NBA. Yeah. What was the NBA like? Because I mean, I remember where some of us traveled to see you play uh, the Cavs in Cleveland. Like, what was? How was playing in the NBA? Because um, you played you played several years, and I thought you had some good performances. Yeah, I mean it's great. It's the it's the best league in the world. You know, you're on the the biggest stage. You're playing against superstars that you watched. You know, growing up, it's uh, it was a blessing. It's um, something I'll obviously never forget. I took a lot out of it. Uh, you know, mentally, physically, financially, I took a lot from it. And I'm just using that to help continue my career wherever I'm playing next. We need to know about some uh, culture shock moments, though, when you ended up going to China. Is there anything <laughs> that stood out to you? Uh, like, what, what was the hardest adjustment? What was the, what was the culture shock going over there? Uh, the hardest adjustment was definitely the language barrier and the food. So it's a complete 180 from what we're accustomed to. Um, the food at home, the Chinese food at home is – not even the same as the food over here. Right. So I had to get used. I had to get used to that. I had to get very creative. I had to find like Western restaurants. I had to find like different alternatives to not starve out here. <laughs> this is the right way to say it. So I would like, I'd order oatmeal. Like I, I went to their, their Walmart. I get a tub of oatmeal. I'd get some water or some almond milk and then eat that for breakfast every day. Smoothies. <laughs> nuts berries i was literally eating that and i just i just became super lean just eating all that because like a lot of the food here is really oily it's greasy um some of it's like some of it's good like, don't get me wrong some of it's good but you know majority of it is not what i'm actually you know accustomed to so um having 
those alternatives, like what I just listed before is what really kept me going. But then I'd use uh, TripAdvisor. TripAdvisor was my best friend because I'd have to find all the Western restaurants that were in whatever city I was in. Um, I've eaten, remember my first year, I ate, I ate an ungodly amount of McDonald's and I don't eat McDonald's, <laughs> especially back home. You know, McDonald's, KFC, pizza. If you see that out here, that's like amazing. But when you're <laughs> home, you know, you see that it's like, yuck. But, you know, you got to adjust. You got to adjust. So that was really the big thing for me. Then, like I said earlier, the language. Um, I try, I picked up a little bit Chinese just to, you know, be able to get around. Um, just basic, you know, principles. Still not as good, but it's good enough. So I'm guessing there's not a lot of Putin in uh, China. Not a lot of poutine. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> there's no poutine at all. <laughs> yeah. Got to make it your own. <laughs> so um we were talking a little bit before we started uh rolling here about one of my favorite things on instagram since the uh the pandemic started was you and your fiance have in my mind become huge tiktok stars you guys have had great tiktoks (laughs) um yeah how did you how how did you guys first start to um decide to you know really take it to the next level because these aren't these aren't just like you know little lip sync videos whatever it's these are these are pretty intricate yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, we appreciate that. So, I mean, we had a lot of time during the quarantine at home. Uh, if we weren't working out or, you know, just chilling, we'd just be on TikTok just thinking of this ideas and how to, you know, relate everyday instances to try to make it funny. Because, you know, TikTok makes it able to, you know, record your video, um, you know, edit it and do whatever. I actually learned a lot about editing during that time as well, too. I used an app called Video Leap, which I was able to, you know, just reformat and make the video look cool but um yeah we we just made up made some stuff up you know we we had a great time with it i had a lot of time you know when quarantine was ended i was like okay i can go back to real life but um <laughs> i still i i still do miss that because like we we would spend like a good amount of time like having ideas on how to do it and uh obviously we had positive feedback we appreciate that but uh who knows? Maybe I'll get back on it and start making some more. <laughs> I was telling you, there was, there was, I think my favorite one is when you guys are like watching TV or a movie or something. And, and yeah. she's like, Oh, that guy's hot. And then you're like, yeah. okay, whatever. And then you're like, Oh, that girl's hot. And then she like pulls out a knife. <laughs> she pulls out a knife. Yeah. <laughs> very relatable. Very relatable. You know, <laughs> there's no right answer. <laughs> So before that, that whole quarantine, the, the first round, you actually came back to the Riley Center. Uh, you were selected to the all-time team, first team, um, along yes. with Bob Lanier, Greg Sanders, Tom Stith, and I believe Jalen Adams. So um, what was it like? How did that make you feel to just be on the first team? Obviously, you were probably a unanimous selection, but just coming back to the Riley Center, um, can you give us any stories about meeting with the, the current team and then just being in front of the fans again? I remember the students chanting your name and all that that must have been cool yeah it was amazing to be back at the rc man like it's uh being being able to be selected there was you know it, it was a goal like when i i remember uh when i came to bond venture i wanted to you know before work i looked on the raptors like, i mean how cool would it be to have my number up there and just make a difference you know so i <laughs> i used it as fuel you know to get to get you know better and to help put you know bond is back on the map and being able to be first team with um those other great you know athletes with me is uh, it's a it's a pleasure it's a blessing and i'm uh, very excited to you know be a, 
um, one of the staples of the men's basketball program at uh, St. Bonaventure. And, you know, just seeing the young guys, you know, play, um, it was a good game. You know, I'm just happy to see them do well. It's funny. You know, it's funny. Every time I've seen Bonaventure live, they've always played GW. I don't <laughs> Yeah. I, I don't know how it always worked yeah. out. Like, in, in Washington, I went to GW, watched Bonaventure play. I remember I came back uh, when they retired my jersey, they played GW, and then Last one they played GW. I'm like, man, <laughs> such a coincidence. That is. That it's is. absolute mayhem how that keeps happening, right? Yeah. Absolute yeah. mayhem. <laughs> always always players, a GW. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, I mean, to, to get your number in the rafters, obviously you're, you're one of the all-time greats. But that 2012 team, I think Dave Moore said uh, just uh, over the summer that that's still to this day the most talented – team that he has coached so like how how did that team just flip a switch and turn it on and go on that run and also like yeah. if, if you had to pick just a teammate like not even necessarily you know the the best player you played with at Bonas, but who's just a, a guy that you would want to you know go into any game with that was just just there as, as a great teammate yeah um <clears throat> So that team, so we clicked. I, I remember exactly when it happened. We were playing LaSalle in Philadelphia. And oh, um, we, we, lost, we lost that game. This was yep. the 2012 year. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember we lost that game. And after that, we just, like, the games after that, we just clicked. Like, everybody accepted their role. I think at, the, at that time, you know, we we're still trying to figure out like what our roles were in the team. But after that, we just went on a tear. Everybody was doing what they were supposed to do. Everybody wasn't going outside of, you know, what was expected to them. And we were just railing teams. It was, it was like, I was like, my gosh, we're doing amazing. Like we can actually like win this. So we ended up going, we ended up finishing fourth that year, if I'm correct. Because um, I'm not sure where we were at that time yeah. when we were yeah. in LaSalle, what position we were. But we came fourth and then – once we went to the tournament, we had the utmost confidence. You know, the first game was against St. Joe's. You know, it was a good team. We had just beaten them, you know, at our place. And we're like, you know, we have the confidence to beat these guys. And then the UMass game, you know, UMass was doing well that that year as well, too. And we're like, you know, we're going to beat these guys, too. And then Xavier's last game, like, hey, like, we're here. And my, at that time, I hadn't beaten Xavier once Yeah, all four years. So I'm like, this is the time it's going to happen. You know, I'd rather lose for them all four years and win, a, win the one game of the tournament. And I'll, I'll take that any day. So we did that. We won. And then, you know, we went to the tournament. Almost had it. Oh, my God. I know if we would have beaten them, we definitely would have beaten Cincinnati. Then we would have played Ohio State. That oh. would have oh, such a tough game. But, you know, it happens. But um, so to your other question, what teammate I would pretty much go to where I mean, obviously I would – go to war with um all of them but a guy who really helped me a lot was uh surprisingly it, it, it was it was Quan. it was the Quan cook you know he was great defensively you know he would like so i would i was the main offensive option at that point right but he would take a lot of the load off me because you know he would end up playing defense against the the better offensive guys so i was able to mm -hmm. just do my thing i was just freelance just go on play offense i got you on the so that definitely helped a lot because, you know, being able to do both, obviously at that point you know, as a kid, you know, it's tiring, you know, you have to guard their best center and then you're, yeah, you're expected to, you know, you get double teams, you got to put up points. So he definitely helped me a lot in that aspect. No, I think Quan on, on that team was definitely, 
I would have to look at the stats, but um, I feel like he was more of a guy who was not seen in the stats because we look at analytics a lot. But I think I think Quan was definitely somebody who was more of an enforcer that was necessary down yeah. low. Exactly. So um, I know I know like I'm sure that there were we were talking about the all time teams. I'm sure that there were some interactions with you and older alumni. <clears throat> sorry, older alumni who were on the team before. Have you been in contact with some of the current players? Because I know people look at Coach Schmidt as somebody who can develop big men. We look at Oshun Oshunye yet now. Um, mm-hmm. Are you have you have you been in contact with some of the newer guys? Uh, unfortunately, I haven't. I mean, it's really hard. I've been in China the last four years, so <laughs> it's hard to get in contact with anybody. Honestly, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I mean, well, if. If, if you had to get in touch with them, like what's kind of some advice you would give to somebody like Oshun who's trying to get to the next level and hopefully we're hoping in, in two years uh, be like Obi Toppin and get in the NBA lottery? I mean, he's in a perfect situation. He's in he's the same bottom venture. You have no distractions. You have all the time in the world to, you know, work on your game and get better as well as, you know, get your schoolwork done as well too. So my thing is just, just try to separate yourself, you know, from the competition in the league by doing something that, you know, they – they, they can't do so I mean, that's what the NBA really is you know you're, you're the best at one thing where um, you, you, you separate yourself from the rest and that really keep, was what keeps you in the league that one thing like the shot blocking scoring rebounding whatever it is it's always put in the efforts put in the work like I remember you know, with my story I stayed at Bonaventure every summer session summer session one and two you know because you know I had such a heavy workload with um chemistry and physics that you know I wanted to get my classes out of the way so I'd have like two or three classes during the during the regular season as opposed to five because me having five classes and traveling especially five like physics classes and stuff it's 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 brutal it would have been brutal so I would say you know stay over the summer and use that opportunity you know you, you only have classes two hours a day right so then you have the rest the rest of the day to just work on your game I remember I was in the gym shooting thousands of jump hooks man that's all i would do i just shoot jump hooks shoot some threes and then you know go work out and and it enabled me to you know get my touch right and um yeah just separate yourself honestly the professor was perfecting his craft relentlessly with yeah. his jump hooks you absolutely were um how much are you able to actually watch the games in china does like does china get espn plus or stadium <laughs> honestly i haven't i i haven't watched any i can't it's it's tough. The only game I've actually seen was the one where I actually went to in the, in the, in the um, in February. It's not GW, yeah, yeah, thirteen hours it's, ahead. I'm so I'm so disconnected <laughs> from everything out here. It, it's insane. Well, the game well, you're usually probably like there. five a.m. or something, right? Yeah, essentially, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, you're like thirteen hours ahead. Yeah, yeah. Hey, do you? Uh, before we let you go, um, you got any funny Schmidt stories for us? <laughs> funny Schmidt. <laughs> yeah, oh, so that's, that's a yes. That's a yes one. right there. <laughs> the funniest one I remember. This was a game that we blew at uh, Canisius. I want to say it was my second year. We were up, I think, seven. <clears throat> and there was like under a minute to go. We ended up losing that game. Ugh, it was a terrible loss. But one of the possessions we had, um, I think we had, we had scored a bucket to make it, um, you know, back to back to seven. And Schmidt was trying to call a timeout. The ref 
didn't see it. Obviously, you know, it's, it's, it's Kanishas. We all know how those reps are when they're playing Bonaventure, but right. he didn't see it. So he made it a point for him to see us. So he ran, dove in the middle of the floor and was calling timeout. He was literally on the ground calling timeout during the middle of the game. And I'm just looking. I'm like, wow, I've never seen that. Oh, my God. <laughs> like on the floor, on the court, on the floor calling timeout. <laughs> Outstanding. We were kind of thinking about um, possibly having the, the being in the basketball tournament, TBT. I know you're possibly mm-hmm. going to be on that team. I mean, whether or not it happens in the future, what do you, what do you think about getting the – not even just your crew back together, but like maybe you and Jay Adams or you and Matt Mobley or you and, I don't know, whoever playing together as the brown and white. Yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been asked to do the CBT um, almost every year. Um, it, it's, it, I mean, it's tough for me, like, as much as I want to. Like, my season over here is so long and grueling that the summertime, I just want to just work out and just chill. Like, especially over here, we have a 56-game season. <laughs> We're playing every minute, you know. Um, as much as I do want to, maybe in the future, you know, when, like, um, my playing is, like, maybe, like, the, the load is, you know, a little bit less, I'll be able to do that. But literally, when I go home, I take, like, a month and a half, month or two off because it's just so yeah. – it, it, it's so grueling over here, so – um, who knows? Who knows? Maybe you just uh, you just flew into China. You've been quarantined for uh, what? Did you say like two weeks, three weeks? Have you been like in, three weeks? You got a. This is my last day. You got a PS5, or how are you staying busy? Like, what are you? Uh, what are you so doing? I have an Xbox. Uh, I wanted I wanted to get the new Xbox before I left, but you know it wasn't released by then. But um, yeah. I have the Xbox. I play Warzone almost every day. Like literally, I have I have my squad, my my group that we play with. But my only issue with um, over here is that the Wi-Fi is only good from like eight in the morning to about eleven. Then once it's like eleven, twelve to about two, the Wi-Fi is terrible. Uh-huh. Then it gets better again from like three to like seven, and then after that, you know, it's like my three to seven is like your guys are like four five six a.m no one's on at that time so the only time i could really play is like my 8 a.m which is like your guys is like what 9 p.m 8, 8 p.m so i have a small window but you know it's giving me more time i'm taking a lot of uh, i'm getting into real estate investments um so i'm doing an investment analysis course that i've been that i've been taking you know that eats up a lot of the day then i you know i, I work out my my team you know graciously gave me a bench some 50 pound dumbbells and a, and a bike. So I'll work out. I've been doing insanity as well too. Oh my God. That shit is ah. so hard. <laughs> Sean T is new drill sergeant. <laughs> yeah. Kicking, kicking my ass. I'll tell yeah, you, that's, but I'm doing tough. it for three weeks and it's, it's good. Like you don't like, if you want to be in shape, you really don't need a gym. You don't need equipment. Yeah. Like you can, you can get fit by just doing his stuff. Yeah, just body weight, cardio, body it's weight. That's it's a total it's body insane. workout. Diet, yeah. It's insane how you can just – all you need is a little space and you can get yeah. fit. I wish I, I wish I remembered insanity because I, I did insanity in 2008 when I was in uh, a Bonaventure. I did it twice just to try it. And then I remembered, like, before I was coming here, I was like, you're going to be locked up for three weeks. Like, what, like, what am I going to do? So I was like, oh, you know what? Let me try insanity. You know, I haven't done it since Bonaventure. Might as well do it, so – been doing it for three weeks. My cardio's been good. So the first week was hard, but now it's like it's good. Gets you fit. Yeah, That's those definitely- are those workouts where it's like you're 
it's it feels like you're an hour in and you you're like five minutes into it or ten minutes into yeah. it and you're like oh my god I got forty more minutes of this. The warm ups hard. Yeah, like the warm his warm ups are insane. I don't, hence the name, but you get <laughs> yeah. results. I'll tell you that much. Tougher than Coach Fisk. Oh, way tougher. Oh my god. Oh, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> way way tougher not even close uh, coach Fisk is tough don't get me wrong but this this is like a whole new level of tough <laughs> no we love coach Fisk it's a di- totally different workout um yeah one other thing I thought of um on that team in 2012 there was yourself Matt Wright who's also from Toronto and Chris Johnson CJ was from Nova Scotia you had three Canadians on the team we've had Nelson Caputo since then um I mean, has there been, like, a little bit of a Canadian connection at Bonas? Um, I mean, I know we got Tim Hortons, like, a mile from campus. But other than that, like, has it been a good Canadian connection, you think? Was that, was that always there? Yeah, it's, like, it's right near Walmart. We got two Tim Hortons. That, Tim, that, that Timmy's is always there? I don't know. I'm not remembering that. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I don't know. Well, I, I didn't really leave campus that much anyway, so, <laughs> so I wouldn't really know. I was, I was an RC guy. <laughs> no, I don't blame you. But, like, I mean – you had three Canadians on the team and all three of you were, you know, were significant parts of that 2012 run. Like, how was it like kind of having that, uh, that brotherhood, eh? Sorry for the A there. Yeah. I apologize. No, okay. <laughs> Sorry for the hacky uh, A there. I didn't say a boot. I didn't say a boot. I say, a, you know, I haven't heard anybody. I haven't heard one Canadian say a boot before though. That's the thing. Maybe, maybe it's cause I'm from the city. I don't know. Yeah. But um, South no, but I mean, having them was cool. I mean, it was cool. I mean, uh, Matt was from, you know, the same, the neighboring city of where I was from. Well, they're essentially the same with GTA. So, um, yeah, it was cool having them. You know, just knowing you have your fellow Canadians there, you know. That's where a lot of the talent is right now, you know. So, Bonaventure, I urge you guys, you know, there's a lot of hidden talent up there. Yeah, there is. Big uh, – we, we have had a big pipeline through Ontario. Are you uh, – do you play internationally for Canada anymore? I think the Olympics got pushed back to next year. I don't know if you are still interested or you're still playing for Canada. Yeah, yeah, I've I've played the last eight nine years, I think. Um, I didn't go last year because I had to come. I had to come to China, honestly, because mm-hmm. even though it was it was in China, but the contracts in China up here, um, they kind of switched last year. So like, they were first month was non guaranteed, and after that it would be guaranteed. So if you got hurt or something, that you would you'd be screwed for the season. So I was like. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> you know, China's paying me. Canada's not as much as I love playing for Canada, which I do every year. But this is, was a, a tough decision I had to make. But um, in the future, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll always play for them. I always enjoy it. I've done it since I was, what, 2012, 2011. So it's amazing. We'd love to see you back on the Canadian national team, even though as Americans we may oh, – we'll root for them, I think. The American, the American uh, national team usually gets enough – enough credit so um but andrew yeah, nicholson really <laughs> <laughs> exactly andrew nicholson <laughs> physics graduate 2011 gold glove winner for spring weekend and oh by the way also atlantic 10 champion in 2012 thank you so much for joining us drew good luck in china next year and um i'm hoping one day you're going to top stefan marbury in in fame over there hopefully <laughs> <laughs> he's got like he's got like his own like movie over there or something right <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's got a statue and everything. Yeah, he's been here. He's been here forever, though. So, one day, maybe we'll wear, maybe we'll wear Drew, Drew shoes one day. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Drew, thanks for joining us. No problem. Appreciate you guys.
It was just so great talking to Drew there. Um, I, w- I really wish he stuck in the NBA because I, I thought he got a bad rep in uh, Orlando with Jacques Vaughn as the coach. But, mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's carved out a good niche for himself in China. And the Chinese Basketball yeah. League is probably the second best in the world. Yeah, and he's dominating over there. He's averaging like 26 points. 12 rebounds and the Blazers are still paying him like 2 million a year. Um, and he's found, you know, he's, he's like you said, found his niche and uh, he uh, seems like he would have a good time and be able to adapt anywhere just because he's such a smart guy and um, just a, a phenomenal ambassador of St. Bonaventure in our program. It's always great to to talk to him. Man, we gotta we gotta get that ESPN Plus and Stadium situation figured out in China. I mean, I know they block some things over there with their government, but uh, I don't know. I don't know why they're suppressing Stadium. The people, the people yeah. of China need to hear Dr. G and Matt Martucci. <laughs> well, we were gonna wake up to watch the Bonnies at nine a.m. Uh, on Wednesday, and right. his being thirteen hours ahead, that's what he would have to be doing for our seven o'clock games, or he would have to be getting up and watching us at eight a.m. So that's uh, it's a it's a tough time difference, you know. It's a huge time differential, and I can see why it's so hard to stay in touch with people over here. Obviously, yeah, that's even just with the time difference, let alone the. Uh the technological difference because certain things are okay over in China and certain things aren't. But, um, you, you can tell he still loves the school. Um, he, he knows he, it, the school helped set him up for his career. Just like he helped the school become what it is now because before Andrew Nicholson, the school was going through its worst period. Right. Yeah. And Schmidt gets, you know, all the credit, which is obviously well-deserved for bringing the Bonnies back. But even Schmidt says, you know, he can't get on the floor and, and make layups for guys. So it started with Andrew Nicholson bringing us back uh, from 2008 to 2012, put us back on the map. And and really, he is the reason, at least on the court, that we are still so successful today, I think. No, I agree. It's it's It really set the foundation. I mean, he... Mm-hmm. As a physics major, I'm sure he knows about how solid foundations are uh, constructed, and and he certainly did one here, metaphorically. <laughs> and now he's getting into real estate, so he knows even more about uh, solid foundations. Exactly. He's building in more ways than one. But thank you guys so much for joining us here on SB Unfurled and Friends. We were hoping to give you a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday preview of Bubbleville, but for obvious reasons, that's... That's not happening, but we're still going to be with you here for all the Bonnie's coverage that you want or don't want. We're still going to give it to you regardless because that's what we do here. Be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter at X at SBUnfurled. If you haven't already, you probably have, but just in case you haven't, do it now. Thank you so much for joining us.